0: It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting.
1: Ready? Break.
0: Now, from the WATH studios, here's Carl Blaylock. Hi, hello, hello,
1: hello, and welcome to the Sports Fan. It's a little bit rainy out there, looks like. I've been at the fair all day. I've had way too much fair food. Uh, My cholesterol is skyrocketing as we speak, probably. But we're talking Reds baseball today, and then we're talking about the Big Ten media deal. Sources are saying the Big Ten is nearing a reaching of the media deal. I believe it's being sent out to uh, the Big Ten Board of Governors, uh, and that'll be... And after that, it'll be formally announced. But sources say that it's sounding like it's going to be, Fox, NBC, and CBS all together on it. We'll talk about that, what we think about it after the, uh, you know, later on in the show. Speaking of we, I am not alone.
0: We got Cedric Ranger in the studio. Cedric, how you doing? Well, Carl, I'm doing great. Just feels great to be back at the radio station. It's been quite a while since. Uh, Last semester, where I got to do a couple of radio shows, of course here with Ross. But I'm glad to finally get one of these sports fans with you, Carl. I can't believe this is our first one together after working at the station for about a year now. Yeah, I know. It's a little bit wild. I've done them with Kate. I've done them with Roth, uh, and I've done them
1: with Ross, obviously as well, and uh, Ethan. But yeah, no, I haven't. I haven't had any
0: ones with you. So it's uh, it's great. It's great to have it with you, Cedric. <laughs> yes i agree carl i'll get here now about your uh fair excursions and everything the elephant ear that covered two plates and i've missed mm. it i've missed it so glad to be huge. back and of course doing athens uh football coming up this year i'm really excited matt Frazee and i will get to cover all the action with the bulldogs and we'll be going down to Trimble or going down to athens to see the athens Trimble jamboree rather
1: yeah that scrimmage is coming out uh on friday you know We'll be there tuning up, tuning up our skills and everything like that, getting to see the teams. I'm over on WXTQ, the uh, game of the week over there. I'll be calling those games all year, and I'm excited for it. I tell you what, I'm really excited for the NY Tremble game we got week one, really the entire season. It's going to be a very fun season, I think. And I I think, honestly, we might see two versions of NY Tremble. I'd love to see a playoff version of ny tremble and it's possible with both of them being in the same division this year so i'm certainly excited for that but let's talk about the reds yesterday yesterday the reds fell to the metropolitans over in new york five to one former red tyler naquin hit a two rbi triple uh late in the game it was unneeded insurance but nonetheless you know it, it's 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 nice to see that uh, some of the Reds from the beginning of the year are still having success in their new teams. I remember Brandon Drury last week hit a Grand Slam for uh, the—he hit a Grand Slam. Who did he hit the Grand Slam for? He hit the Grand Slam for the Padres. That was probably, I think, his first game there. I think it was his debut for him. So it's nice to see uh, that. you got Luis Castillo pitching tonight for the Mariners. Tonight for the Reds, who is pitching? They've had a little bit of injuries, and we'll talk about this a little bit later. Uh, I, they had another one that came down, Robert Duggar. Uh, he pitched the other day. He went on the IL. Oh, it's Mike Miner tonight. Yep. He's up against uh, former Guardian, Cookie Carrasco. Oh, I haven't seen him for a while. Great yeah. to see him. Great
0: story, obviously, him beating I believe he beat lymphoma, wasn't it? He beat some sort of cancer. I believe so. And again, looking at his win-loss total this year, it's been nothing short of exceptional. Twelve and four as a starter. Pretty impressive. Yeah, especially compare
1: that to miners, one and eight. Six point one nine ERA. Though he hasn't looked terrible his last few starts, it's still a little bit rough. Jonathan India is back in the lineup. Which is great. That's after he. Uh, that was after he had a little bit of a, a little bit of an injury last night and left the game with some hamstring tightness, some sort of hamstring injury. Luckily, luckily, uh, he's back in the lineup today. I mean, it was more precautionary. However, another person who did go out in last night's game was Mike Mustakis with. Um, he had a left calf strain or something like that. Left calf injury is what they called it. And uh, he, uh, he got placed on the 10-day IL this morning. So not exactly great for the Reds with those injuries. But honestly, uh, Mustakis getting injured might honestly be a little bit better for the Reds. Uh, I believe they called up Alejo Lopez
0: to fill in that gap. And Lopez has look looked pretty good this year. Yeah, exactly. And again, sometimes when you're a team where, again, they're selling all their players right now, we've seen it already happen throughout the season, Uh, allowing your younger guys to be able to get called up from the minors to potentially have opportunities to go out there and shine and see what they can do, get that major league experience, could be better for the Reds, which are an organization that's probably looking more towards the future than the right now anyway. There's been some good points this season, but it's been pretty rough, especially the injury luck as well as not been on their side. Jonathan India, Again, coming down with an injury, that's not the first time he was down this season during the really tough start, the 3-22 and start for the Reds. We saw Jonathan India go down with an injury in that stretch as well. Uh, so, again, for the Reds, it's just been brittle bones, and we're hoping that they can be able to put it back together, at least pull out some wins, give the fans something to cheer about. And that's honestly what the thing is. It feels like the city of Cincinnati and just the surrounding area is kind of more of a Bengals town as opposed to a Reds town now.
1: Well, I mean, it's, it's hard not to be because, I mean, you have, what? I mean, you haven't, you haven't won a division title since 2012. You haven't made the playoffs proper since 2013, I'm not counting that COVID year. Uh, it, it's, it's a challenge. It's really a challenge to, you know, do that. And, you know, when the Reds are looking like what they have, where obviously they blew up their core. They blew up their core this year, and so I think that's the big thing. Is because the Reds are now doing what Mike Brown did for years with the Bengals, where they would do just up to enough, and then they just it wouldn't be you know they do just enough to be somewhat competitive, but they'd never have that year. And it's way different than. it's way different than in the NFL than it is in the MLB because in the NFL you have the salary cap, and that pretty much keeps you from crying small market owner all the time. Even though I believe I I got a I had a tweet sent to me this afternoon uh, from Ethan Sargent. He's on this show sometimes, and uh, <laughs> Mike Brown said the line "small market team" when they uh, uh, when he was announcing the. Renaming a Paul Brown Stadium to Paycor Stadium, which I don't mind that. I don't mind that, and the logo they have for it actually is really cool. I, I do like the logo they have for Paycor Stadium, but I, I, you know, you in the NFL, you have a salary cap. Everyone has level playing field for that. There's not really so much of crying poor with the MLB. Does the market size matter a little bit? a little bit, like, you know, obviously Cincinnati's not going to be able to go out there and throw $400 million at all these players to, uh, to make their team. You know, they're not the Yankees, they're not the Dodgers. But you could still put together a pretty competent lineup without them. You know, without having to throw all that money there. So, I don't like the small the the owners crying small market. I think it, it it and you know trading away pretty much the entirety of the core that hurts. That really hurts the team and it hurts the fan base, especially when the Bengals are doing good. And I I think that's why the Reds are kind of slipping down. And we've said this. Look, look at look at look at last year in June. Look at last year in June. I right. firmly believe that. If the Reds were given a bullpen last year, if if ownership went out and got a legitimate bullpen last year and not just traded for Sessa and Wilson and Givens at the deadline, like got some star. Like the, the big the big free agent signing in the twenty twenty one in the twenty twenty one uh bullpen for the Reds was Sean Doolittle. He had one pitch. Once again, this year, it's been Hunter Strickland, and even though they haven't been competitive, they they just haven't cared about the bullpen enough because if they had a bullpen, the Reds probably, I I think the Reds would have made the
0: wild card game last year. They certainly did. At least. They were in position. Like They had their opportunity there as well. It was the uh, Cardinals getting hot down the stretch, which really did them in. Uh, but we saw the Reds put together a very confident lineup last year. They had some guys that could get some hits. Obviously, we think about Castellanos as well. And then, of course, longtime Red, Va- Joey Votto, who's still here now, Winker. thankfully. Winker, yeah, Winker. yeah he's Winker now doing great things with the Mariners. Like, come on, you s- go down the lineup. And they had a good team, I think. And they had their opportunity to really invest. But it just seems like the ownership just decided, no, we're not going to do that.
1: No, and I mean, like, that, that's, that's the thing that frustrates me is because they're sitting there and cincinnati sports fans care. i mean i i'm only a reds fan but they care. if you're if you put together a good team out on the field for them, they will show up. L- look look at mid 2021 we were seeing crowds for weekday games of 25 30,000 people. Yep. you don't you,
0: i mean you obviously you don't see it now. like yeah, I no. was one of them. I was showing up. I was driving from Athens to go see the Cincinnati Reds. Exactly, it was fun to watch. Exactly, they were
1: a great team last year. And I mean, I was. I, I mean, I I went to a game August second, and I think there was about twenty thousand people there for a Wednesday night, early August baseball game in an interleague game against the Twins. It wasn't like it was some divisional game. No, it was it was an a inter interleague play against the Twins. Like. People show up if you have a good team. They do, and so there's no reason, you know, why 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 they don't, you know, put a better team out on the field. I don't know because the Bengals have proven it. The Reds proved it last year. If you put a competent team in front of the Red, are you in front of the Cincinnati faithful? They will show up. Look, look at how the Bearcats. Look at yes, the Bearcats. That yeah. was my next point with Nippert. So, I, I mean, it's, it's just frustrating to me how you can sit there and cry small market. The fans are there. They will show up if you give them something to show up to. Exactly. Just stop feeling sorry for
0: yourself. That's what it is at the end of the day.
1: Exactly. I mean, you, don't, you can't pocket all the checks. Oh, no. Boo-hoo. Uh, that's why I'll be on Team Sell Bob for a while. Uh, a little bit of a side note. We mentioned a little bit. What do you think about the Bengals uh, renaming Paul Brown
0: to Pacor Stadium? Yeah, so I'm, of course, going to miss Paul Brown Stadium. I'm going to miss a lot of the AFC North stadiums. Uh, again, the AFC North's my favorite division to follow. I'm a Ravens fan myself, which is pretty controversial here, in a very Bengals-heavy city. And then, of course, lots of Browns and Steelers fans uh, around where I grew up as well, too. But, again, to see Heinz Field change, Paul Brown Stadium change, it is sad to see. And in my head, those will still be the names. I will call it Paul Brown. I will still call it Heinz Field to the end of the day. But, in terms of names, they could have done a lot worse, in my opinion. Yeah. I'm still thinking they should have went with uh, Skyline. I think that would have been a very cool... Uh, Skyline I, already sounds so cool. I know, I know, but I,
1: I don't think I don't think Skyline was going to fork over the amount of money that Paycor does. I, I will say one thing that I'm not a huge fan of. Uh, I'm, like, I, I'm okay with the spot. It's not like AccuSure where it's not at all. Paycor, I mean, it makes sense. But what I would like to see a little bit more with it is, like, what the Chiefs did. Uh, I can't even tell you. and Maybe this is part of the reason why they did it, because, I mean, I guess to be fair, I can't even tell you what the Chiefs' uh, stadium, uh, who their stadium sponsor is. Uh, I'm going to look that up really quick. But what they did is they, uh, uh, Gaha Field, G-E-H-A Field at Arrowhead Stadium. I like that. I like that. You know, I like it to where you get the corporate sponsor there, but you also keep the traditional name. Exactly. And like- I, I think that's something I would have liked to see the Bengals do.
0: Like, like uh Peckor Field at Paul Brown Stadium or heck, like you've seen what the Denver Broncos used to do a lot. It's yeah, uh, Sports Authority Field at Mile High, and Vesco Field at Mile High. Exactly. Mile High. That's the name of Denver whenever you think about it, your team going to the play the Broncos.
1: Exactly. And like I, I I think that would be I think that would be a lot better than what they did there. Not not to say that it's a bad thing and the logo really won me over with it. I really like the logo they put together with it. But it just, I, I feel like you could have done better. You, you didn't have to completely abandon the Paul Brown name. That's just my opinion. Anyways, we have our sports trivia question of the day. I don't think I got to that at the top of the show. We're talking about the Big Ten media deal after the break. And one of the big points with it is no ESPN at all for football or basketball And so that poses the trivia question, and if you think you know the answer to it, call the number 740-592-6646. But what year was the first year that ABC broadcast the Ohio State-Michigan football game? Cedric, you have any idea?
0: Well, okay. So I know for a fact, just from what I've looked at in the past in videos, I know Ohio State-Michigan was at least broadcasted on ABC in their 2001-2002 championship season. So I know it's at least before that, but uh, we'll see. So I'm thinking maybe somewhere in the 1990s would be my prediction. You think the 90s would be the first time they've done it? I believe so. Maybe even earlier than that as well. But the game, I mean, it's one of the biggest games always. And just thinking kind of when ABC really became the prime broadcast, they have always have been one of them. So it could be even earlier than that, but... It'd be around 80s, maybe 90s. That'd be where I'd be guessing. If 80s, 90s, Uh,
1: I, I I am gonna tell you, it's it's before that. Wow. It's before the 80s. They they, from well, from 1988 to, or maybe I think maybe it was 19, 1987 it was because I was researching this when I was looking this up. 1987 to 2016, they broadcast. Every single every single Ohio State Michigan game was broadcast on ABC in some form or another. Uh, there was a, there was a year or two where it was a little bit of a regionally televised split, but pretty much every single year, if you were in this
0: area, you were watching the game on ABC cuz before that it was CBS. CBS actually had a 3-year run of broadcasting the game. Ah, and it seems like they might have a run of broadcasting the game again potentially. Ah, we'll see. I, I don't think it. they'll be Fox out. No, Fox but
1: Fox will keep that. <laughs> Fox will <laughs> keep it's that. But it's now a possibility. Maybe. We'll talk about the Big 10 media rights deal after the break. You're listening to The Sports Fan presented by JNK Contracting. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin, so you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep him safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. It's the 2022 Athens County Fair, located at 286 West
0: Union Street. Gates will open at 8 a.m. Admission is $10 per person, which includes all the rides and entertainment. Rides will be open from 12 p.m. to 11 p.m. The Hawking College Nature Center staff will be holding reptiles, facts, and fiction at 11.30 a.m. and 12.30 p.m. State Park AGNR building. And don't forget to check out Fast Tracks Motocross at the grandstand at 7 p.m. so come on out to the athens county fair for some great rides entertainment
1: food and fun the blue jackets will be even more exciting this year with the addition of top free agent scorer johnny gaudreau who can't wait to join his teammates i've heard so many good things about how close the group is and that's important to me you know you want to play with guys who support each other and get along in the locker room and all love playing together and That was uh, really important as well. Come see Johnny and the Blue Jackets this year as they fire the cannon at Nationwide Arena. Single game tickets are on sale now. Get yours by going to BlueJackets.com.
0: Now, for more of the sports fan on 970-WATH.
1: Scorpions. How about that to come back on to... Here on the Sports Fan, presented by j Contracting. Carl Blalock, Cedric Granger, and the WATH Studios. And we talked about at the top of the show, and I'll remind everybody uh, about the Big Ten media rights deal. We'll talk about this for about the next ten minutes. It's huge. No ESPN is, first of all, the big one. Fox retains the most control of it. They're going to retain Big Ten Network. They'll have first pick of the games. The way it sounds like it's going to end up being is you're going to have Fox with Noon. You're going to have, you know, Big Noon kickoff. That'll be the Big Ten's premier game. uh, Noon, Fox. Big game at noon for Fox. They get first pick there. Then it sounds like uh, CBS is going to replace the SEC on CBS with, the Big Ten on CBS, which is a big difference, I tell you why. Mm-hmm. It, it's going to take a little bit of getting used to. I mean, I've already, uh, the, the, the the song, the music doo, there. Do, 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 do. Yes. With Michigan
0: and Purdue. What? Yeah, that, that, that's, 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 that's going to be a little bit of getting used to. Instead yeah, of LSU, South Carolina, you get your random arbitrary Big Ten matchup. How about that? That should be pretty fun, though. I always liked that jingle, you know. I used to oh, yeah. hum it to myself all throughout the day, even in my elementary school years.
1: I'm really, really glad that it's going to stick around for meaningful football. It's not just going to be around for a Mountain West or a CUSA game. So I I am glad for at least that. But another, and then finally, and I think this, I mean, we talked about this, me and Ethan and Ross talked about this about a month ago uh, when there was rumors floating around. NBC, NBC is going to get, it sounds like a 7.30 primetime game out of the big 10 and this this is where i'm sitting there and going you know what i think it's about time i, I think it's about time to where the notre dame is going to join the big 10 because now you have NBC in with the big 10 you have notre dame on NBC. Ah, that sounds pretty easy to me to kind of merge those two contracts together
0: yeah, it sure is. I think that's one step in the right direction. Now, in terms of like aligning conferences and everything, like, would you have to come by with one extra team, or would they have to like have somebody like Oregon come in with them, or Stanford come in with them, or maybe Miami or one of the ACC schools might get poached in that situation? But honestly, it really sets up well for Notre Dame and the Big Ten to partner up. I mean, you already have... One of Notre Dame's concerns was losing their rivalries. Well, some of their biggest rivalries are already there in the Big Ten. Purdue, Michigan, Michigan State, USC.
1: Pause on that. Losing their rivalries. They literally lost all their regional rivalries. Like, yeah, they kept USC and Stanford, but they USC rivalry, A, if they don't join the Big Ten. That might be in a little bit of jeopardy. And, B, you lost all the regional rivalries you had with Michigan. I mean, I remember – I remember – it always would be like the second or third week of, of the college football season. You would have Notre Dame in Michigan. And if it was at home, obviously it would be on NBC. If it was on the road, it would either be on ABC or sometimes ESPN because ABC would have a NASCAR race. But it would always be the premier game. And I remember always watching those games. Like, those games were awesome. Every single year it went down to the wire. Every single year it was... Michigan knocking off Notre Dame down to the wire. I mean, you had the one where Denard Robinson had like a 30-second 30, 30 drive or something like that. Yeah, he to did score the touchdown. They traded touchdowns. Like each team had like two touchdowns in the last two minutes of the game. Like those were classics. It is when I think of my childhood with college football, I think of those games. I'm not gonna lie. So. You know, I, I, they got away from that one. They got away from Michigan State. They got away from Purdue. These are teams that used to play every single year that now they just don't ever anymore. And so, you know, they play Michigan once in a while. I think they have a Michigan State schedule
0: it is. once and in a Purdue, while. Purdue, they've done pretty decent with playing Purdue at least. But it's like, again, those are some of the games that also I was very nostalgic about the uh, different jerseys and stuff. Michigan with their under-the-lights uniforms. That was one of the first, like, primetime games at the big house. and. Again, even though I hate Michigan, I'm a Ohio State Buckeye, a big Columbus guy right here. Uh, still, those games are really important to see. So to have Notre Dame in the Big Ten, it just makes so much sense, and I think so many people would stop griping about Notre Dame to join a conference once they actually do. So it'll be interesting to see how that all unfolds. I'm hoping that uh, that does lead to that. Also, NBC broadcast crews, Mike Tirico, will probably still have the Notre Dame game, but they do might you, have somebody else spring on. For NBC? Do you think
1: they still... I I, I thought he was... I I don't think he's going to double dip. We were talking about this. I was talking about this with some people uh, yesterday. I I don't think he'll double dip between Notre Dame and... uh, I don't think he'll double dip between Notre Dame and Sunday Night Football. But, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I guess he did do that a few times last year when Al Michaels stepped away for a game or two. But, uh, I mean, we'll see with that. I, I think another question that I'm really wondering with this is... What happens to what you know, obviously the big games are gonna be covered. What happens to these lesser games? I've seen a little bit, you know, obviously FS1 is available. You still have, you know, you might you can still throw a Big Ten game on a Fox, you know, 3.30 or 7 o'clock. But what what happens to these uh you know, what what ha- what happens to these lower games? What happens to the Rucker like say the Rutgers Purdue games or Something like that. You know, w- where do those games go? I mean, it, it, I'm guessing Big Ten's going to be a little bit more. I've seen some rumors, possibly Peacock, uh, NBC streaming service. But I, I, I'm not so sure about that with some of those games.
0: Yeah, and I don't think fans would love uh, games to be go and take into different streaming services when they used to have them on air. Even some of the smaller games used to be, like, less, like let's say Rutgers playing against an FCS school that would be on Big Ten BTN Plus, BTN for example, or it would be on some streaming site where you have to go and watch it there, but majority of the time most of these big Ten matchups are going to be televised somewhere, whether it 's uh, fS one or whether that 's on Big Ten network, but now that definitely can be into question, so we 'll see and how things can be adjusted. It should be interesting, and also what type of effects will that have on the mid majors
1: yes and another and that 's another thing uh, closer to home because. ESPN's out for football, obviously, but they're also going to be out for basketball. And that's something to where, and we were talking about this. First of all, you know, this is a whole other discussion we don't have the time for, but I'm not sure where the Big Ten midweek games are going to go. It's probably going to be between FS1 and CBSSN, but, uh, you know, where are a lot of them going to go? I think you're going to be losing a lot of the Big Ten's, you know, midweek games. I'm not sure. I have no clue where they're going to go unless. USA comes, comes swoops in under the NBC umbrella and puts together a little bit of a college football package uh, one night of the week. But we were sitting here talking about this off-air before, uh, before we went on today about what this means for the MAC. And I, I think, and ESPN probably won't do this because this is much too good of an idea, but you have a little bit of a gap in your lineup now with... Uh, with the Big Ten leaving and stuff, why not have this? Why not have mid-major madness? Like I, I, We were thinking about this from the Mac's perspective. Think about, you know, the Mac doesn't get that much media exposure otherwise. You know, once in a while, a CBS SN game, maybe you get a game on ESPN two. And, and it's that way for a lot of mid-major schools. How about this? How about... You have a marquee conference game, a marquee mid-major conference game. I'm thinking, oh, for the Missouri Valley Conference, I'm thinking like Wichita State or not Wichita State. Yeah, they're in, in the American now. Well, yeah. Loyola, Loyola, Chicago. No, they're in the eight ten 10 now. Um, Everybody's switching. Ill- Illinois, and stuff. Illinois State in uh, northern Iowa. They're normally two really good schools. You have a, a big, big one against with those two. Put it on ESPN. Have mid-major Mondays. I mean, this is something that uh, 80s ESPN would have done in a heartbeat. Put, make mid-major Monday. Have a primetime doubleheader with big mid-major games. So, like, say, for example, if the Mac signed into it, we could have uh, a game in the combo on ESPN. Not 2, not Plus, not, not three, News, not
0: You. ESPN. Oh, Play. my gosh. Combo would be rocking. Students, oh, there would be so much buzz on campus for that. Yeah, imagine. Put, what put if it, it was on, an OU Miami game, too? Exactly. OU
1: Miami, OU Toledo. Yeah, it's OU, a great Toledo. Too. OU Toledo would have 100% been on that package if they had it. it now, whether
0: that's going to happen or not, we have no clue. Is it profitable enough? That's the biggest thing. They you want TV profita- revenue. You make it profitable enough.
1: If you want something hard enough, you can sell it
0: hard enough to where you can get it. It might take a little bit of time, but you can you can sell anything. You well, can sell, think about it. Like football, where um, you see Ohio Bobcats and they'll play on ESPNU or some of these networks. Do You think it'd be different if they? It, played it'd, on be, it'd be no
1: different than Well, it'd be no different than midweek action. What would be the difference between? What would be the difference between uh, midmajor madness on mid Mon- or midmajor Mondays? on
0: Monday nights on ESPN and midweek matching. How about midweek matching? So it does get decent ratings, but also like crowds, it kind of depends on like how good or how bad a certain team is. So would they be selective with that aspect?
1: Ah, who knows? Well, we'll, we'll see. We're running out of time, but uh, maybe we'll pick up on that conversation later on in the week. You're listening to The Sports Fan presented by JNK Contract. When we come back, we'll give the answer to the trivia question and our surefire hot picks here on WATH. Brown gets the snap, hands to Henderson, running on a left angle to the 50. He'll hit the Purdue 40, down the left side to the 30, Henderson to the 20, to the 10, and into the end zone goes Henderson with a touchdown run of over 50 yards. This is the voice of the Buckeyes, Paul Keels. Ohio State opens the season Saturday, September 3rd against Notre Dame. We'll be on the air with the AEP Energy Buckeye Pre-Game Show beginning at 6 p.m. here on the Ohio State Sports Network from Learfield.
0: this is the sports fan on 970 WATH.
1: Fast and hectic, hectic music for a fast and hectic segment. We only got uh, two minutes left in the show today, so quickly, Cedric, what's your surefire hot pick?
0: Well, Orioles and Blue Jays. That's the matchup I'm looking at tonight. I'm gonna go with the over for tonight. It's going to be a money line over-under. It's eight and a half. It's fluctuating a little bit between eight and a half and nine. It just dropped down to eight and a half. I'm going to take the over. That's my hot take.
1: Over eight and a half. For me, I'm going to go with Atlanta and Boston, the Braves and the Red Sox. That's nationally televised on TVS. You can watch your pick. Red Sox have been way, very, very cold. They just lost Chris Sale. Bike accident. He's out. I think it's an easy pick. I think the Braves win this easily. Uh, that's Braves' money line for my pick. Uh, let's go to our trivia question of the day. What year was the first time ABC broadcasted the Ohio State-Michigan football game? Uh, Cedric, you said... Uh, Cedric, I told uh, asked yeah, Somewhere it earlier. in the 80s was, and 90s. Yes, but you and said it before, was before so. that. You got, any, you got any last guess? So I'll go with 1972. Close. I mean, well, not quite close, but that was that was the year they started uh, televising it more nationally frequently. The first time they broadcast the uh, Ohio State Michigan game, ABC did 1961. Wow, 1961. Yes, 1961. Yeah, that's a decade before my dad was even born. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's old. I think that was the year my dad was born. (laughs) Whoa, I mean that, that. Think about how different the media landscape was then, especially compared to now. That'll wrap us up here today for The Sports Fan, presented by JNK Contracting. For Carl Blaylock, or I'm Carl Blaylock, that's Cedric Granger. Tomorrow we have Athens head football coach Nathan White.
0: Stay tuned for that. It's The Sports Fan here on WATH.